Star yeah. Wars has very ambiguous titles, but I appreciate The Phantom Menace because it's obviously referring to Palpatine, I think. It's not referring I, to Maul, is it? Uh, I have... Who knows? Different... See, it's ambiguous. I, what? I think it's actually relating to Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh at me oh all you want. Oh my god, let's talk about Jar Jar Binks. Oh until you go down the loophole of the conspiracy <laughs> videos on YouTube. Jar Jar is a Sith Lord. <laughs> I 100% believe they were intending on him to be a Sith Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Rewatch Podcast. My name is Samuel. And I'm Jaden. This is a podcast where we rewatch classical current films weekly and then decide whether they deserve rewatch from you. This week, we rewatched Star Wars Episode 1 The Phantom Menace. But before we get into it, we've got a few important milestones this week that I just want to run through quickly. Um, so we've hit 25 followers on Instagram, which is half a milestone because. You know, we consider 50 a milestone, but yep. 25, we're on the way there. Our first YouTube video has 100 views, which is pretty awesome. Um, but most importantly, uh, we've had our first ever comment come in um, from my boy, Aran. So I'm just going to read that out. We're going to respond to him right here, right now, because that's what we do at the rewatch. Aran writes, hey, long time listener from Melbourne here. Been, been hooked ever since your second episode. However... I wanted to inquire about whether or not you guys could engage in discourse regarding the ideal romantic comedy to watch with the lads. <laughs> so obviously, Iran's got a bit of an issue here, and he's looked at the rewatch to help solve such issue. Um, obviously, he wants to get the boys together for a good evening, um, wants to put on a good romantic comedy, mm-hmm. um, and us being particularly well-versed in watching movies, I guess, have the power to recommend something so what are your thoughts jaded um i'm not too good at romantic comedies i haven't watched any that i know of that is a surprise um, yeah well I'm, it's just not my sort of cup of tea um <laughs> such a weird comment to respond to <laughs> we love it so you've got um, no I see you wrote down some there, Sam. What, what did oh, you write down? Yes, I love a good romantic comedy, actually. Um, love Actually has been one of my favourite ones. Uh, that's a Christmas movie, though. So maybe, you know, you get the boys around for a Christmas Christmas lunch or something like that. Some chuck eggnog on, going. Yeah, chuck on some Love Actually, starring uh, Hugh Grant, Colin Firth, Liam Neeson, who's in this movie. Who's in this movie, yeah. <laughs> Bit of a different character in Love Actually. Um but I think Love Actually is pretty good, as long as you don't read into the, to the stories too much because, um, yeah, it gets into a, a bit of infidelity at one stage. Um, so I don't exactly like that. But yeah, um, so some people don't like Love Actually too much, but I'll recommend that one. Also, <laughs> another one that I have, this is like the two romantic comedies that I've watched that ever, you've ever I watched. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I promise. I promise. Okay. <laughs> uh, Crazy Stupid Love is another great one. Uh, stars Ryan Gosling, who we love, uh, Emma Stone, who I also love, 
and Steve Carell, who's hilarious. So that's a, that's a great one too. Have um, you seen The Office? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Some you have? Of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Um, so yeah, so we hope that solves Iran's issue. Um, look forward to getting back, seeing him, putting on some crazy, stupid love and just, you know, having a good time. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> but yeah thanks to Iran for the support and the comment uh, if any listeners would like to provide us with a question or even a statement that you want us to read on the podcast uh, we'd love for you to send us a DM or make a comment on the in- on any Instagram post and just quickly um, we have also started on Instagram posting the ratings of the films that we have reviewed Yes. Um, which goes from an A to an F scale, um, A being the best and F being the worst. We will also tack that on the um, end of each podcast um, so you can listen to it as well and figure out what our rating is. But we also post the rating on our Instagrams if you wanted to check them out. This is an idea that I pushed back on at the start. That's why, we didn't, that's why we're doing it now, only yep. implementing it now because... I don't like the fact that people rate a movie like a a 9.4 and then rate a different movie like a 9.6. Like, what's the difference? Come on. Like, it's a stupid way of rating movies. Like, you either want to watch it or you don't. However, I do, you know, appreciate the thought of, you know, being able to give a... A a rating, A a relatively broad rating. Uh, I I think the bigger increments per, you know, letter or number, the better... Like, I understand that, you know, having a 9.2, what's the difference between a 9.2 and a 9.3? But um, that jump from, like, a 9 to a 10, obviously, there's a there's quite a big difference there. Yeah. You know, a, a really good film versus a really, like, a perfect film. Yeah, yeah. So, what are our... We go from A to F. There are no, like, A pluses or A minuses. It's just A, B, C, D, E, F. Yep. Um, so a lot of movies will end up in a similar tier. So far, we've got Into the Spider-Verse is an A, Joker is an A, and we'll give a rating to this movie um, at the very end. Yep. Also, another thing that we're adding um, every week, just for a couple minutes, I'm going to talk about the music of the movie that we rewatched this week. Um, and every week, I'm going to add an, a maximum of two tracks from the official soundtrack of the movie that we watched to the official rewatch playlist, which you can find in the YouTube description. Yep. Um, it's just going to be a cool way to keep track of some of the awesome songs that we've encountered along our review process. So to recap so far in the playlist, got two songs from Into the Spider-Verse. Um, and by the way, it's a minimum of one track, maximum of two. So every week there will be one track. From at the, least one. Yeah, at yep. least one. Yep. Um, but in order to stop myself from getting carried away with great soundtracks like Into the Spider-Verse, I have to cap it at two. Mm-hmm. So the playlist so far is Sunflower, What's Up Danger. Then for Joker, we have Rock and Roll Part 2, which is the Joker Stairs song. Brilliant song. Mm-hmm. We also have Call Me Joker, which is the orchestral number at the end of the film, which is just brilliant. I really recommend that everybody go and listen to that movie. I like that song I, rather. I like your Joker picks, but I would have done something different, but that's fine. For Joker? Yeah. I okay. would have gone with some um Frank Sinatra. I would have done um That's Life and I would have done I think his name's Jimmy 
Dunham. Let me double check. Yeah, that's fair enough. There are some great songs that really fit into the theme of that movie, but... Um, Jimmy Durante, Smile. I think Rock and Roll Part 2 is the most famous one, considering it is the Joker Stairs song. Um, and I had to put Call Me Joker in there because I think it's a brilliant orchestral number. Yeah. It, it um, helped Joker win the Oscar for Best Original Music. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so that was my two picks. Um, maybe we can have a discussion and de- decide as a, as a collective what song's going. But this yep. week, I, I don't think you're going to resist me on this one. Duel of the Fates is going in there. Um, only one from um, the movie that we rewatched this week. Um, so I, I couldn't think of another one that I would put in. There are some good songs from the Battle of Naboo. Um, you'd know them from Star Wars Battlefront 2. They play quite often in that game. Yeah. Um, and, and some good tracks, but Duel of the Fates obviously stand out, one of the most iconic Star Wars songs of all time. Yeah. So that, that, yeah. that, that, does, it, that has a well-deserved spot in this playlist. For sure. Um, what else did we rewatch this week, or what else did we watch this week? Have you watched anything? Um, just continuing on with Suits. Um, I think I'm up to really early on season four, but I haven't watched anything else. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it's a fantastic series. Yeah. Um, I watched A Knight's Tale, the movie. Um, this is a movie that I remember seeing a glimpse of when I was about 10, um, and it's just it's great film starring Heath Ledger, one of your favorite actors. Mm-hmm. Um, Heath Ledger in this instance is actually Mike Ross of the medieval era. Um, he's a peasant who pretends to be a knight. Um, he's a fraud. Yeah, he's a fraud. And he enters all these competitions um, against knights. Um, it's really, really awesome movie. It's a comedy, so it doesn't take itself too seriously. And mm-hmm. um, it also, funnily enough, um, the most iconic scene is it, it's a jousting competition. So, you know, when they ride the horses towards each other yeah, with big yeah. poles. Um, we Will Rock You is the song that plays in the background. Um, so, <laughs> That's a weird and, and all of the cr- crowd are clapping along and the horns that the, um, that like the peasants are blowing, um, uh, the electric guitar noises. So yeah. it's, there's no like rock band there. Because this is set in the medieval era, but it uses current music, so that's uh, really strange. Also, some ACDC in there. Um, Ooh, uh, some, some, some some good um, Akadaka music for the montages of sword fights and everything like that. So, pretty awesome movie. Nice. Um, so yeah, so I enjoyed that. Um, let's get into it, shall we? Yeah. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace is a 1999 American epic space opera film written and directed by our boy. George George Lucas. Lucas. Um, It stars some amazing actors. Liam Neeson, Ewan McGregor, Natalie Portman, the Mm -hmm. main ones, the main ones. Obviously, we have the Anthony Daniels' C-3PO and and, um, whoever Darth Maul is, but yeah. Ray Parker, I think. I think so, yeah. Uh, Do you want to give a brief summary of the story, or shall I? Um... Okay, I'll, I'll go ahead and do that. Oh, no, yep. Ray Parker. I'm thinking of um, Ghostbusters. I'm not sure who did it. I think his name was Ray, though. Yeah, um, and I think you're right. This is I think gonna Ray Parker, the Clone Wars, especially. He... Ray Park. That's his name. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. Anyways. Um, so, The Phantom Menace is basically a an origin story, I guess you could say, of, um, you know, our 
the chosen one, Anakin Skywalker. Um, it also is the prequel to the original trilogy of the three Star Wars films that were released, I think, 1980, just before 1980. I think it was 1977. Um, so it's the it's preceding all of the, you know, Luke Skywalker um, and Darth Vader and all that. So it, it gives us, you know, another era of Star Wars to look forward to. Um, and it's basically, um, Anakin Skywalker, Qui-Gon Jinn, and Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon Jinn in general trying to save Naboo from the Trade Federation's army, um, and trying to sign a deal that they don't really want to go ahead with, um, yeah, it's politics. It's it's not the best Star Wars film film out there, but um, yeah, it's. I have an it's, issue with the politics. Is so boring. The politics, yeah. We'll get to that. We'll yeah. get to that. Um, but yeah, so we've basically we follow Qui Gon Jinn, Obi Wan as they try to protect Padme, um, mm-hmm. and in doing so, they stumble upon Anakin Skywalker, who's this crazy powerful, um, kid essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's like, how old is he in this movie? Probably about ten. I'd say about ten, um, eleven. He's, yeah. he's annoying little ten-year-old, um, but I think you know a lot of people don't like Anakin Skywalker in this movie. But yeah, I think, they don't I like think, the actor. But yeah, I think that's a perfect um, portrayal of a ten-year-old. Um, that is true. That is true. So, yeah, I, I just can't see the connection between um, Hayden Christensen's Anakin Skywalker and Fair I'm not sure who plays him in this film but the Anakin Skywalker in this film it just seems so different to me yeah they don't exactly look alike either so yeah I think he's blonde in this like, I don't know mm. I don't know what they were thinking but anyway let's get into some things that we liked I'll start it off with, off with my lord is that is that legal legal <laughs> <laughs> I love the memes that come from this film in particular there's so many um and that goes with every Star Wars film. It's just brilliant. I just love Vice Gunray's voice in this movie. Who's like one of the aliens for the Trade Federation. Yeah, yeah. He's like, the Senate. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds so weird. My lord. Is that legal? <laughs> we love it. Also, another thing that I noticed in this movie is that it's definitely been touched up with some CGI effects. Oh, my God. Um, they um, something that I didn't like is that this movie has a lot of CGI. I think George yeah. Lucas got a bit trigger happy. He was like, you know, wanting to push the boundaries, obviously. And mm. he does in many ways. And there are some scenes that look spectacular in this yeah. movie. However, CGIing people like Jar Jar Binks and aliens and like full CGI, it just looks absolutely terrible. Yeah, I think, I think there's a point where CGI, you know, it's, it's used to excel how good a, f- a shot can look but george lucas he just went a bit over the top you know it's kind of like chucking cgi on everything that he can even though it doesn't need it you know yeah 100 percent. i think that, that, that's probably consistent throughout the whole prequel trilogy as well but yeah yeah to, to be honest i think that the original movies actually look better because yeah. they're mostly practical effects so yeah, um, yeah. Apart from when he went back and tried to put CGI in the original films as well, <laughs> when he made the the um 
the new copies of them and sold them in, I think it was early 2000s. Yeah. George Lucas just loves a bit of CGI, but yep. you can't blame him. He's a genius. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about a couple of characters in this movie. Uh, Qui-Gon Jinn is amazing. Liam Neeson, um, fantastic. I love yeah. his character. I think yeah. he really holds the movie together. I think he carries this movie in a respect because a lot of people reference Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi as carrying the prequel trilogy. However, in this movie... Ewan McGregor doesn't have a lot to do and he's kind no, of pushed to the side because he's yeah. just a Padawan. So, um, but Qui-Gon Jinn really takes center stage and I think, you know, he's cool, he's confident, he's defiant of the Jedi Council, which is the thing that we also like. Um, I think that's what Anakin picked up on, the sort of defiance of the Council. I think he got it from Qui-Gon. Yeah, maybe. Um, and he, Qui-Gon's also quick to become sort of a father figure for Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Um, which makes sense because he's he's confident. He's he's got control of things. Um, he's obviously Liam Neeson is a tall actor, and I think he has the stature of a real powerful Jedi. You can just look at him. Yeah. and he's like that guy's a badass, and like you do not want to meet him in a fight with a lightsaber. Yeah, when I when I think of a Jedi, you know, I think of Qui Gon Jinn as the sort of you know the top Jedi. That's you know who started it all. Well, not who started it all, but in chronological order, you know, he he was one of the first. 100%. I, I really, really enjoyed Qui-Gon Jinn. I think he's actually one of my favourite Star Wars characters. I think he's in the top five, maybe. Wow. For me. And, and considering the screen time that he got, that's, that's quite... That's quite big. It makes me sad, almost. Obviously, we'll get towards the end shortly, but... Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed Qui-Gon Jinn. I also enjoyed R2-D2's origin story. How how awesome was that? We get That's R2 how you do D2. an origin story, yeah. Yeah, he's just on, on the ship, you know, fixing everything. All of his droid colleagues are just getting blown to pieces. Yeah. But no, R2's got this. What a legend. That's how you do it. I'm like, Han Solo. God, that was, that was an okay, that origin story. That Oh, you mean in the Solo movie? Okay. Yeah, in the Solo movie. Yeah, fair enough. Um, we also get C-3PO's introduction to R2-D2, which I also loved in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, for a short instance, um, they don't see each other again for a, a long time, but C-3PO does show up in Attack of the Clones, so be interesting to track his C-3PO's progress because Anakin just leaves him. Um, mm. Poor C-3PO. Um, but yeah, let's talk about Darth Maul as well. Mm-hmm. What an awesome design of a character. I think he's my favorite um, villain in the Star Wars universe. Oh, Darth Vader's like, oh, that's, that's tough. That's tough, <laughs> on, that's tough on Vader. I mean, that Ray Park, you know, his athleticity, I don't know how to say that. Yeah, his, his athleticism. Athleticism. Um, it just kind of made the character. I mean, you know, having a character, having an actor that can play, you know, such a, you know, jumpy character and he's meant to be like that it was just perfect yeah. and seeing him return in the clone wars um doing the uh what's it called choreography for the final yeah fight the, with the, the mocap that was that was incredible you, you know you could see it in the fight as well oh, 100%. how, how he was that. moving um yeah but just such a great actor for darth maul and i really hope they don't replace him in the um in the Kenobi series, because I think he's rumoured to come back for that. Really? Um, 
I, I do want Liam Neeson in there. I think Liam Neeson is the actual one of the characters that actually makes sense to appear in the Kenobi series. In the Kenobi series. I do agree with that. So yeah. looking, looking forward to the possibility of that happening. Um, let's talk about the pod race because I really liked that scene. What are your thoughts? Um, I think the CGI in it was actually pretty good. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, the CGI um, was amazing. Yeah, the and making all of the different ships... Um, and all the different characters and such. Um, it was, you know, you could see it as a filler sort of bit in the movie, but it was also quite fun to watch. Um, just the sort of, you know, there was obviously a big reason behind it and bringing Anakin out of, um, slavery, but it was, it was definitely a filler scene, but I I still enjoyed it. Nevertheless, I mean, I I found it quite interesting. I think it's a, second best sequence in this movie to be honest um, what's your first oh you know what it is yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that we'll get to that um, but for now um i really like the sound design in the pod race um mm-hmm. the sounds of the engines um are really really awesome and I, I i enjoyed the cinematography the camera is always on the left side of the pod races did you notice that no no so it's very like race like highlights-esque, you know, it's very, you know, like it was an actual race. The camera was always going from left to right, never from oh. right to left. Didn't um, know that. Yeah, it, it sort of helps you, um, you know, pay attention to what's going on. You can follow what's going on. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I enjoyed that as well. Um, so after the pod race, obviously Anakin wins. Um, Anakin's bought himself freedom but unfortunately, yep. his his mother is left behind. Yeah, um, Anakin's mm. like, oh, you know, that sucks to leave my mother behind. But oh well, I can go and become a I Jedi. I want to be a Jedi. <laughs> oh, good. I mean, wouldn't anybody want to be a Jedi? But I mean, yeah, that's a tough decision. Still. It is a tough decision. Yeah, um, and it's definitely something that influences Anakin's character um, throughout the whole For series. Sure. Yeah, um, taken away from his mother, very young age essentially mm. um by our standards however by the jedi standards he's too old yeah um, we'll talk about that because it's something i didn't like in that movie but anyway when anakin does um win his freedom qui-gon jinn is transporting him back to the ship and darth maul appears and qui-gon jinn you know they have a one-on-one fight which i really enjoyed um mm-hmm. the sand was rising up around them because they're doing all these quick moves how good is the choreography in the prequels, by the way, in oh, terms of the fight choreography? Some of the best in the actual Star Wars films, to be honest. Yeah. In the nine that we have. Exactly. I mean, it blows the rise of Skywalker out of the park in terms of choreography. I mean, Qui-Gon Jinn would take care of Rey and Kylo Ren, 100%. He would take care of the whole cast in the rise of Skywalker. 100%. I do appreciate the fact that when Qui-Gon's fighting Maul afterwards... Um, he collapses of exhaustion. Yeah. It's like he's unfit because obviously the Sith have not been around for a millennia, for essentially. Ages, yeah. Um, and Qui-Gon's fighting this guy who he doesn't even know who he is. He's got a red lightsaber though, so he must be a bad guy. Mm. And Qui-Gon afterwards, he's like panting. He's like he's unfit. Um, I just I just enjoyed that for some reason. It's very realistic though. I yeah, mean, it humanizes them. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of, you know, all-powerful 
I've got this, you know, Ray Skywalker moments. <laughs> We've got so much to talk about with the rise of Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> I also enjoyed Palpatine manipulating the politics in this movie, though. Yeah. Um, the politics in this movie is so boring. Um, it's, it's not the best. Essentially, the main villain of the film is a trade federation, and we're not exactly explained as to as to why the trade yeah. federation is bad. Um, we're just supposed to assume that because they have droids, they're not good guys. Yeah. And they shoot at Jedi. Um, so yeah, I didn't really enjoy that, but, but politics th- is so boring. Yeah. It, it's not the best. And, you know, making the trade federation, the main villain in quotations, it, it wasn't the best idea. I mean, it's such a waste of, of Darth Maul. Like what an incredible character. They could have done so much more with that character, and obviously they did later on, but um, obviously they didn't intend that in this film. I think this is where you know he was meant to die. Um, it was kind of a waste of a character. You know, it, they just could have built on that so much more. Um, you know, and him being what's his species called? Um, uh, is a Zabrak maybe? Zabrak. Him being a Zabrak. It's just With the different, horns you know. on his head. Yeah. But he doesn't know it, what a Zabrak is. He looks cool. He just... It's such a cool-looking character. Yeah. I did mm. appreciate, though, the politics scenes. You can sort of see Palpatine, you know, quietly, you know, manipulating, manipulating. behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate that. Um, if I was to watch this film and uh, have not watched the original trilogy prior to it, I... I still don't think I would have picked up on Palpatine, obviously, spoiler alert, Palpatine being um, the Emperor. I I don't think I would have picked up on it, to be honest. Mm. That's fair enough. I think there's a shot towards the end that I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Really, really enjoyed that. Um, And I think it sort of, in that instance, tells you like, oh, like, you know, Palps is there. He's manipulating things. He's the bad guy. Yeah. But, um, But yeah, for most of this film... The focus isn't on him, um, which is how Palpatine wants it to be, because he's yeah. just manipulating things when nobody's looking. Sort of in the background. He's he's a background character, but he's really one of the biggest characters. Yeah. I just want to go back to Qui-Gon Jinn for a second. He's got some good quotes here. When he's talking to Anakin, he says, Your focus is your reality. Stay close to me and you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Anakin can't exactly stay close to Qui-Gon Jinn after this movie, can he? Um, no. It's very no. unfortunate. Um, also to Padme, he says, I can only protect you, not fight a war for you, which makes me believe that if Qui-Gon was still around by the events of the Clone Wars, things may have been different. Qui-Gon may have been like, oh, I'm leaving the Jedi. I'm not fighting a war. Because um, mm. he's, he's this very idealistic um, Jedi, in a sense. Jedi Knight, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's definitely more human he's not a mace windu who's just ignorant lazy and just sits down in his chair mm, all day mace windu is one of my least favorite jedi i can say that for he's, sure i don't like him in this movie at all to be honest yeah um but yeah so before we get to some of the things that we didn't like let's talk about the best sequence in this movie i would say one of the best fight sequences in the star wars films if not the best in my opinion i would leave that to Revenge of the Sith, but yeah, yeah that's that's the other close. one. That's the yeah. other one. However, I think this one takes it for me because mm. I want to talk. Obviously, the stakes in Revenge of the Sith are very high as well. But in yeah. this instance, 
it's called the jewel of the fates right that's a song that plays in the background what a fantastic song by the way great theme yeah for this final battle it's incredible um but the stakes in this battle are everything because yeah. it's a matter of who's going to be able to train Anakin Skywalker, who's this pr- protege, this up and coming, the chosen one. Yeah, the chosen one in the sense, yeah. Is it going to be this confident, cool, but defiant Jedi um, in Qui-Gon Jinn, who's yeah. going to be a father to Anakin Skywalker and really nurture him? Yeah. Or... or is it going to be Obi-Wan, who kind of doesn't really want Anakin at this yeah. stage? He's yeah. sort of just, you know, he, he's on his way to becoming a Jedi Knight, but yeah. he's not interested in this little kid who's no. a bit arrogant and just goes around, you know, flying pod races and stuff. So it's the duel of the fates because if, if Qui-Gon Jinn was successful in this duel and Darth Maul was killed and Qui-Gon lived, how is Anakin Skywalker's story going to change? It would have changed drastically, I think. Um, You know, Obi-Wan was still a really good mentor for Anakin, but I think Qui-Gon's sort of wisdom and his experience with the Jedi, um, being a Jedi, I should say, um, it would have done a lot of things differently from what Obi-Wan had intended to do, I reckon. Yeah, 100%. It's, It's... It's the duel of the fates because it's a duel that will decide Anakin's fate. And I think... It's it's a really good song title. It's very fitting, I should say. Yeah, yeah. the stakes don't get much higher than that. Um, mm. So, yeah, obviously, we have, at the start of the battle, Darth Maul, you know, shrugs off his cape. He does the awesome, you know, extends both of his lightsabers. Audiences in 1999 were like, wait, you can have two yeah. lightsabers what? yeah because they've only ever seen you know my single. lord <laughs> is is that legal <laughs> this is getting out of hand no there are two of them oh. love that um so yeah i i think this whole battle is fantastic um yeah and going on with the jewel of the fates title i'm not sure if you knew this but the final episode episode nine its title was actually um, thought to be Duel of the Fates. I think that was one of the titles that they were deciding whether to choose. Oh, yeah. And they actually went for The Rise of Skywalker, which is terrible. I think um, Rise of Skywalker is a better name for this movie, to be honest. A, for this film here? Yeah. Yeah. If they switched it around, it would have been great. But I yeah. think if they had left um, this one for The Phantom Menace um, and had episode nine for... Jewel of the Fates, it would have been great because Jewel of the Fates in episode nine is also very fitting, you know, considering we have uh, Kylo Ren on one side and uh, Rey Skywalker on the other side, you know, will Kylo, you know, come to the light side and, you know, is Rey going to turn to the dark side, kind of that Jewel of the Fates as well. That would have just worked incredibly, but also... Having Phantom Menace, I can understand why you don't like the title, and I think it's because. No, I do like the title, but I feel like you know, Rise of Skywalker would have been better in this one. Star Wars has very ambiguous titles, but I appreciate the Phantom Menace because it's obviously referring to Palpatine. I think it's not referring to Maul, is it? Uh, I have. Who knows? It's ambiguous. What? 
I think it's actually relating to Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh at me oh all you want. Oh my god, let's talk about Jar Jar Binks. Oh until you go down the loophole of the conspiracy <laughs> videos on YouTube. Jar Jar is a Sith Lord. <laughs> I 100% believe they were intending on him to be a Sith Lord. Have you seen those videos? I've seen all of the Star Wars theories. I went into The Force Awakens thinking that it might be possible that Luke Skywalker was Kylo Ren. <laughs> and that, like, Snoke was, like, Mace Windu. <laughs> I did I, believe the Mace Windu one. That was that was very fitting. I mean, that would have been better. <laughs> it would have. we got in the end. But anyway, yeah. back to this movie. Um, because there's actually parts where George Lucas says Jar Jar is the key to all of this. Yeah, I think he's just having a laugh, though. Surely. I, Surely. I have... I don't know. I have different sort yeah. of thoughts on that. All right. Well, let's talk. Let's keep talking about the final battle. Once we wrap up on that, we can talk about Jar Jar Binks and all the wonderful theories that go along with, <laughs> with him. Um, <laughs> at one stage in this final battle, Darth Maul kicks Obi-Wan off the high ground. Um, mm-hmm. Potential learning experience for Obi-Wan there. Um, but after that, Qui-Gon Jinn elbows him, uh, elbows Darth Maul, and then literally backhand slaps him. I thought that was funny. Mm. I'll just slow it down and look at that again, because he literally just slaps Darth Maul. He's like, hey, if you kick my Padawan off that platform again, I'm going to slap you. And then he just, he's like, how? Right there. Like that from Qui-Gon. Yeah. Um, the laser wall that blocks Obi-Wan Kenobi and... Qui-Gon Jinn and Maul, it separates all of them during the heat of the battle. Um, I really like that because it's so intense yeah. and then everything stops and then they're just, you know, standing there looking at each other. There we go. All right, we're back. We're back. So we're just talking about the laser wall blocking everybody off in the final battle. Mm-hmm. Just want to talk about the differences that all the char- the differences of all the characters' actions when that happens. So Darth Maul, he's, you know, he's engulfed in rage. He's yeah. pacing back into, he's, he's waiting to, you know, strike to, to kill these two Jedi. Jedi, yeah. Qui-Gon Jinn's like, this is okay. He just takes a knee. How politically correct of him, by the way. Yeah. And he just meditates. <laughs> and then Obi-Wan is just standing there and he just looks so worried. He's just like, he doesn't know what to do. And I think it's a really nice contrast for the characters. Um, and I love when Qui-Gon, when the laser wall does go away, Qui-Gon just opens his eyes and then he's, he's right back in it. Um, so yeah, another good thing about that 1v1 or that, that 2v1 duel. Obviously Qui-Gon dies because, you know, Darth Maul's pretty good at his job. What can we say? Mm. And then, obviously, the music cuts a bit. And Obi-Wan, he's, he's blocked off from Qui-Gon Jinn. He's just seen his master killed. Yeah. He gets I a bit angry. gets a bit he, emotional. He looks, he looks very, very frustrated. And seeing the choreography that follows... Um, oh, he's so mad. ...follows it after the, after the electric doors um, turn off and he runs out. You know, he's... He's literally, it's kind of reminiscent to Kylo Ren, actually, how his lightsaber hits, you know, he puts force into them. He's, oh, he's really tr- smashing it down. So emotional. I think it's the one time in this in- in- entire saga that Obi-Wan 
you know, lets his emotions come out a bit. Yeah, yeah. He he's very good at you know keeping them to himself, and yeah. he always tells Anakin to do it as well. But you know, I think it's quite fitting as well because he is quite you know he's still a Padawan at this stage, um, not a Padawan, I should say, an apprentice. Um, he's still an apprentice at this stage. So he doesn't, you know, know the full sort of grasp on, you know, keeping your emotions to yourself. But I think that's kind of, you know, a, you know, it's going to, he develops that sort of attribute as he goes along. And, he, yeah. you know, he becomes Qui-Gon Jinn in a sense, you know, he turns into what his master was. Yeah, when Obi-Wan comes out and it's just him and Maul, Qui-Gon's just been killed, Obi-Wan's furious. mm Obi-Wan goes absolutely nuts at Maul. Berserk. He, yeah. I've not seen lightsaber... I mean, obviously, the duel in Revenge of the Sith, you know, the choreography there. And yeah. The fight style from Obi-Wan is quite ferocious. But in this instance, he's just going at it. I really, really yeah. love that. It's just pure emotion. But it's not just emotion. It's skill. And oh, he, just, he just steps it up a notch. I love it. Mm. Um, but yeah, so... And obviously, Obi-Wan doesn't have the high ground. He gets pushed into, yeah. a, into a, you know, a shaft, I guess. Yeah. And um, he... He always finds a way, though. He always yeah. finds a way to get the high ground. <laughs> he jumps up. This is my theory, though. All right. So, at the end of this battle, towards the end, rather, Qui-Gon Jinn's gone down. Obi-Wan's not looking too good against Maul. Perhaps his emotions are getting the better of him, in a sense. Yeah. Darth Maul just the more effective fighter kicks yeah. Obi-Wan into this shaft. Obi-Wan's forced to, you know, climb, you know, try to stay he on. He finds a way to get the high ground. Yes. Each I, time. I think I have a theory about this and I want to discuss it because in that instance, there is no way that Darth Maul should have been killed. Darth he just Maul, stands there. Darth Maul has the high ground. Yeah. Obi-Wan is without a lightsaber. He's, you know, dangling down like five meters below Maul. Yeah. But he finds a way. And my theory about the whole Obi-Wan likes the high ground thing is that if something like that happened to you, you'd think about it constantly. Like, wow, I came so close to death in that instance. Mm. Like, I should not be alive. Darth, like, he should have killed me. Like, because the high ground is effective. Yeah. I think Obi-Wan took that and sort of went, you know, if somebody's in a higher position as to you, like locate, like geographically. Yeah. If somebody has the high ground, they have such an advantage. Mm. And so that's why, you know, everyone's always like, I have the high ground. I, <laughs> it's so Veranakin. <laughs> it's so Veranakin. I have the high ground. Love it. <laughs> but yeah, so I think that's, that might be why Obi-Wan's got a bit of a love affair with, with the high grounds. Yeah, yeah. And now that I'm thinking about it, actually, this is a bit off topic of Obi-Wan. Um, Darth Maul, he's actually tried to stop Anakin that many times in, obviously, The Phantom Menace and then in The Clone Wars. He's actually tried to save the Republic so many times. Yeah, 100%. But no one gives him any credit for it. Yeah. It's so incredible Maul. how he's kind of, you know, an anti-villain. Yeah, Maul's a great character. But yeah. in this in this movie, I don't think he's a, he's a great character. I just think he has amazing presence and the design of him is awesome. I think he's, he's so mysterious. Character. But then I think the Clone Wars obviously fleshes him out a bit. Yeah. 
let's talk about the Qui-Gon Jinn's funeral scene. Mace Windu is there chatting with Yoda because that's all Mace Windu does. He just chats, just sits down on his chair and chats. He's talking to Yoda in this instance saying, you know, Maul was a Sith. And yeah. Yoda's like, well, there are only two. No more, no less. Yeah. And Mace Windu then puts, Maul was either the master or the apprentice. No, and Yoda's like, hmm. Hmm. Like, I wonder if it was the master or the apprentice. And yeah. then the camera pans to Senator Palpatine. I did notice that, yeah. That's the that's one of the end frames of the film. I love that. Yeah. Really appreciated that. Awesome, awesome camera work. Yeah. Um, just a bit of, you know, a bit of a hint as to who the real Phantom Menace is. Because it's mm. not Jar Jar. Uh, I have different thoughts on that. Speaking of which, let's talk about what we didn't like. Okay. The Jedi speed run, you know, in the very first instance, the very first scene, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon Jinn do this speed run, like Jedi speed run, they quickly dash out. Oh, yeah, from the door. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's such a stupid decision. I noticed that as well, yeah. This is not an ability that continues on in the Star Wars universe at all. It's only in this one scene. This one scene. (laughs) It's so stupid. You should not have included, like, oh, gosh. <laughs> so it just didn't, didn't make a lot of sense, did it? <laughs> yeah, didn't, didn't, <laughs> didn't like that at all. Because it brings up things like, this is obviously the first chronologically, uh, chronologically, this is the first Star Wars movie. Yep. So why isn't everybody else speed running? Like, surely they should have thought about yeah. that. Um, I also didn't like the Trade Federation, but we've discussed that already. I didn't like the politics in this film, yeah. So boring. This film's very boring. Yeah. But it does have great moments, but it's just very boring in between. Yeah. Jar Jar Binks. (sighs) Yeah, yeah. I can understand why you don't like him, and I can understand why a lot of fans of Star Wars don't like him. I, you know, I I still see him as an average character. Um, I don't really see anything terrible about him. He's, I can see how he was meant to be, you know, comedic relief, and it was just done poorly. You know, he comes out as an average character. Obviously, the the entire character is CGI, um, which I mean, obviously you got to do facial expressions and things, and that's sort of hard to do yeah. with a puppet. But hey, they managed yeah. to do it in Empire Strikes Back with Yoda. So, I mean, did. If you're going to include an alien, you know. Make it a puppet, yeah. A lot of the times, practical effects is going to look better. Yeah, and also you touched on Jar Jar's humour there. I think the humour sort of aims towards a younger audience. Like, Jar Jar's always making stupid jokes about, like, I don't know, like, farting and just... Padme's hot. Yeah. Does What? You didn't see that? (laughs) No. To Anakin, he's like, uh, what did he say? He's like... I can't remember what he said. Oh, that's but he, hilarious. Yeah, he said something about it. Yeah. Chad, Chad Jar Jar. Chad Jar Jar. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't, I mean, I didn't like the humor. Jar Jar not, not funny. Yeah, I mean, she is. But, you know, whatever. We move on. Overuse of CGI. <laughs> overuse of CGI. This movie has too much CGI. Um, yeah. However, I do think in certain scenes, scenes uh, the CGI is fantastic. Like the pod Particularly race. in the Naboo scenes as well, and the pod race. Yeah. Some of the, you know, the the painting Naboo scenes showing the whole sort of city looks great. 
yeah. that's what it should be used for. Obviously, you can't achieve that in practical effects to, you know, the ability that CGI can. But having something, you know, like Jarja or Binks as a fully-fledged CGI character, it's not going to work as well as a puppet. Yeah, I just didn't really like it. When it does CGI characters in full, it just looks so bad. Having um, the mix is where it's going to look the best. Yeah, exactly. You've got to sort of enhance it with CGI. Um, mm. But characters like Voice um, Vice Gunray, like the Trade Federation yeah. dude who's like, the Senate. Um, <laughs> he's, he's a puppet, but you yeah. can tell that it's enhanced by CGI. So yeah. th- that's the right way to go. But... Jar Jar Binks and his sort of race are entirely CGI, um, and it just yeah. it does not hold up, unfortunately. But it was a technical feat at the time, so George Lucas just got a bit trigger happy. Another thing he did: Kid Anakin and Padme's interactions. Why is there an age difference? Why is there they an age to, difference? What's the age difference? It has to be like ten years or something it's, close to that. Why does Star Wars has to do it to the self? Like. Why does Star Wars have to do this to itself again? We've already had the sketchy relationship of um, Luke Skywalker Luke. and Leia. <laughs> We've already had incest. Why do we have to have predatory behavior now from Pad? Like, oh, why? It's just a bit weird. It doesn't and George even... Lucas has some questionable motives there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's going to be a Netflix documentary released in like 30 years time uncovering all of George Lucas's secrets. But maybe, maybe not, because we don't we don't want to get sued. Um, I'm sure George Lucas is a very nice guy. Um, anyway, yeah. they they don't need to have such an age difference. Anakin and Padme, it doesn't like. Sure, doesn't Padme, add to the story at all. It, like, it doesn't make it any better. Padme is a queen in this movie. Um, yeah, she's obviously an elected official, but she's still so young. Like I don't understand. Yeah, either just don't make her a queen, make somebody else a, the queen, and Padme is just tagging along, um, which is what she's doing for most of the film because she's yeah. pretending to not be the queen. It's, she's got a you know her weird. double yeah. Um, but yeah, so why does Star Wars have to do this to itself with relationships? Just, even with the sequel trilogy, even the relationship between Rey and Kylo and them kissing at the end, it's just Star Wars cannot do a good relationship, unfortunately. Yeah, um, they can't. Um, but yeah, so anyway. Also, another um, quite controversial thing about this film is the Metachlorians explaining how the Force works. Yeah. So they basically reduce the Force to these cells in your body. Um, and you can basically like take an injection and see whether you're going to be a good Jedi or not. Um, <laughs> it's like, get tested today. It's I, just a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah. I feel, I feel like the force could have been something that was just left unexplained. Yeah. But maybe the fans were sort of, you know, hammering for a. No one was asking for this. <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah. I mean, we don't know. We weren't alive in 1999, but... That is true. But, yeah, I just think the Force could have been something that you know, just went unexplained. Yeah. At the end of the movie, we have that Duel of the Fates battle, which is fantastic. But, unfortunately, the movie keeps panning back to this Gungan battle, which is entirely CGI. Yep. Um, not only does it break up the incredible sequence between Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and Maul, but the Gungan battle... I just didn't feel anything like we don't care for the Gungans. They're just given no reason to care for them. Yeah. Um, they're entirely CGI. Everything in this sequence is CGI with the final battle because in co- of course in Star Wars, we have to have a big battle 
don't know, a spaceship is blown up and there's, you know, lasers going all over the place on the ground and in the air. But it, it was just unnecessary in this instance. Yeah. I didn't like it at all, to be honest. Anakin in space blowing uh, the control ship up, also kind of unnecessary, but in terms of making us as an audience um, experience how good Anakin is in a Starfighter. Okay, yeah. fair enough. This kind of sets up the Revenge of the Sith um, introduction scene, which is incredible in itself. You know, how Anakin is the best Starfighter we've ever, Starfighter pilot we've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. So, fine, I guess. When Qui-Gon dies, he doesn't force disappear. Obviously, yeah. in this point in time, in this point in history, we've had the original movies where we've had Obi-Wan Obi die yep. and then Force Ghost disappear. Obviously, since then, in the sequels, we've had, um, bloody hell, we've had Luke Skywalker disappear. Um, yeah. We've had, oh, and in the original trilogy, of course, we had Yoda disappear. We did as well. And then we had uh, Leia disappear as well. Oh, yeah. I've just completely wiped out the Rise of Skywalker from my memory. Thanks for bringing that up, Jada. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, when Qui-Gon dies, he doesn't force disappear. And that's an issue because in the original trilogy and in the Clone Wars, we're led to believe that Qui-Gon Jinn was the first Jedi to discover immortality um, as a force ghost. Yeah. But then he doesn't force disappear. So, mm. obviously, that's a retcon that's happened in the Clone Wars. So, you can't exactly fault them for it. Yeah, they, they hadn't fault... established that yet. Yeah, but you still can fault them for, obviously, Obi-Wan and Yoda disappearing. So, yeah, why does Qui-Gon not disappear? And they just burn yeah. um, Which I can imagine that would not smell very nice. No. Um, they're all just in the room watching and <laughs> breathing it in. Liam Neeson. <laughs> it's disgusting. Anything anything else from you? Um No, not not really. Just that it's an average film. Yeah. I'll give my final thoughts. I've wrote a nice two sentences that sounds like I write a newspaper article about it. Okay. <laughs> so this movie, it has some fantastic Star Wars moments, such as the pod race. And, of course, the final duel. Yep. Uh, we're introduced to some awesome and iconic characters, such as Qui-Gon, Darth Maul, R2-D2, C-3PO, Obi-Wan, and, of course, Anakin and Padme. The film has great moments, uh, but the majority of the film is boring and leaves you wishing that there was less politics and less weird Gungans in between <laughs> these iconic moments. Less weird Gungans. <laughs> the so, movie has some fantastic moments. Star Wars moments. Um, yeah. But there's only two. And the rest it's got is so much boring. filler in it. It's, it's yeah. really a film filled with filler. And that was a very tongue-twisted sentence. <laughs> I feel like they could have done more with Anakin's origin as well, maybe. But... Yeah. Um, I yeah. do like the origin stories in this film, actually. Um, I think they set up quite a lot. Obviously, uh, R2-D2, C-3PO. Yeah, I love it. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, yeah, Anakin, awesome. uh, Padme. Uh, there's so many. Darth Maul. So many yeah. origin stories in this film. Um, and it does it spectacularly. I mean... Yeah, it's very, I, I hard to, it's very hard to set up 
a Star Wars universe, you know? Especially yeah. once we've had the original trilogies and the audience is like, well, how did it begin, George Lucas? And he's like, oh, yeah. God, I don't know. Now you're going to make me do <laughs> this. Like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> they, I don't know. The Jedi, uh, they just sit around. Uh, they're in chairs and they're just, you know, <laughs> talking and... And oh gosh, and and suddenly Darth Vader is super powerful, but yeah, because because why not? He's the chosen one. <laughs> That's something that was added to this movie: the whole prophecy of the chosen one. Um, yeah, so that yeah, that wasn't mentioned in the original trilogy. Mm. But yeah, so it's got great moments. Would you recommend that a Star Wars fan rewatch this movie? Um, look, if you're if you're going through all of the Star Wars films again and you want to watch it in chronological order, I would start with this film and that's only because I love Darth Maul and I love the Duel of the Fate scene in this film. Um, it's a long so, way to get there though. Yeah, if, I, if I'm if i going to watch all of the Star Wars films, I would watch this. But if you're just going to watch this, you know, on its own, Probably not. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, it's it's not the best of film, and it's not something that I would sit down on a Saturday night and watch. We are back. I was just saying, if you're going to start watching the Star Wars movies because you haven't seen them, I feel like you have to start with this movie, and you just have to sit through it, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, there are some important moments in this movie that justify certain decisions and character decisions. Yeah, later it establishes on. a lot. So, unfortunately, you're just going to have to sit through it. But as far as the average viewer concerns, if you want to watch, you know, a good Star Wars movie, it, this is not the one, unfortunately. Yeah. Do you want to give a tier rating for you for yourself? Um, we'll see if we have the same ones. If you've seen my on the document, you can probably see my rating. But I, I have seen it. And yeah. um, b- before seeing your rating, I was going to... Um, well, I'm just going to say it. Um, throughout this um, episode, I've been saying, you know, it's an average film, an average sort of, you know, it, it's, the, it's the equivalent of the C tier rank. And I, I was going to rate it a C tier anyway. Yeah. It's just, I, you know, it's an average film, like I've been saying. I completely agree. I've gone for yeah. C tier as well. Um, because I, I was debating putting it on B for a second because no. of some spectacular moments and Qui-Gon Jinn. But then I think about the other movies that we might that we might put on the B tier and this is just not there, unfortunately. Yeah. It's not a D, though. It, it does have those fantastic moments. It is yeah. an okay Star Wars story, but it is just that okay. Yeah. Anything else or should we wrap up now? Um, no, I think we wrap up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of today's show. If you would like to follow us on Instagram, you can do so at The Rewatch Pod. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, which you can find by searching The Rewatch on YouTube. Remember, if you would like to follow The Rewatch official playlist, um, which I have made, it's a public playlist, you can visit it, follow it at the link in the YouTube description. Now, with regards to next week's episode, we originally planned on spacing out the Star Wars movies, and we do intend to stick to that plan, because obviously... We recognise that not everyone is a Star Wars fan. My course, yes. And also, to do with us, we don't want to get Star Wars fatigue. We don't want to... No, yeah. You know, that, that, would not, that would not be good because we want to review these movies in sort of 
as, as objectively as possible. Yeah. Um, but if we run through them all, we might just get caught up in the whole... We'll get burnt out, yeah. yeah. So um, we'll be tackling the Star Wars movies in chronological order every so often. However, next week, um, we're not taking a break, unfortunately, for people who aren't Star Wars fans, because we're re-watching Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. It's not going to be too fun. Yeah. We decided it's not to... the best Star Wars film out there. <laughs> that is for sure. Not the worst, though. No. Um, we decided to do Attack of the Clones next week, because it's a very busy week for both of us. Um, yeah. Obviously, exams and everything like that, so it's going to be a shorter episode. And we don't want to talk about Attack of the Clones for an hour. I don't think there is content to talk about for an hour in the Attack of the Clones, to be honest. It's just like this movie, but worse. Yeah. Well, there you go. You know what the ranking is going to be for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we don't want to talk about Attack of the Clones for an hour or an hour and a half. So we've decided that we'll rewatch Attack of the Clones next week. Yeah. So thank thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Um, All of your support is much appreciated. Yeah. Goodbye. See ya.